Hello, and welcome back to Ghosting You. Before we dive into the last episode, let me reintroduce our members. Raging Riker. Nightmare Nina. Um. Dial M for murder. Horrifying Hannah. Riker was able to speak with someone from Grim Ghost Tours about the spooky tours that are available and what you can experience. Looking for something fun to do this Christmas season? Well, a Christmas ghost tour may be just the thing for you. Grim Ghost Tours is a company operating out of Salt Lake City that offers paranormal story tours year-round. I was able to speak with 19, one of the tour guides, about what they offer this time of year. One location you will stop by on your tour is the Salt Lake City County Building. The Salt Lake City County building is, is quite interesting because being such an old building, it has a lot of history in it, and the, the ghosts are well documented. Um, there are very specific ones. There's a mayor uh-huh. who, he was said to have committed suicide while he was in office, and he is often seen inside the mayor's office standing in front of the fireplace. That's a really good building because we get a lot of news stories from that building because the security guards who work there will often come out and talk to us and tell us different stories and different things that happen. Um, and there's just continually um, activity, continue activity going on there. Not that long ago, we had one of them come out who said one night they, they heard a noise and they started they had to go investigate because when they hear something, they, they have to go check it out. Right. So the two of them were, were up on the floor looking around, seeing if they could figure out. And one of them had their phone out and they were video recording it. And the video was kind of choppy and hard to see, but the audio from the video, you could actually hear children laughing in this empty hallway as they were investigating what noises they were hearing. So we get a lot of cool stories like that from the security guards. There are multiple stories in the news of city-county building security guards that have seen, felt, and heard unexplained phenomena. There is even photographic evidence to back up these claims. There are some that are very... There are some buildings that get, that get mentioned all the time. You know, you all articles when you talk about haunted places, there are ones that come up every single time. But that one is is not ever on the list, but it has so much activity. The Salt Lake County building is a part of Grim Ghost Tours Old Town Tour. In addition to that tour, they offer a Fort Douglas Cemetery Tour, the Old Town Tour, Paranormal Investigations, Salt Lake Cemetery Tour, the Outer Reaches Tour, and right now they are offering their Grim Christmas Tour from November 25th through December 30th. Part of their Christmas tour includes McCune Mansion. Uh, we stopped there on our Christmas tour that we're doing now, and we also stopped there on our Outer Reaches tour. But um, yes, unfortunately, they, they don't allow in, uh, investigators to go in there anymore, which is, which is sad, but um, it's definitely a, a very interesting haunted building. Uh, it's uh, Alfred McEwen himself who built it. He was the, he is said to haunt the building. He has been seen in one of the windows, like quite often. He's been 
his figure has been seen staring out with the windows. He also likes to show up in different photographs when people have events there. He likes to show up in their pictures. They'll see him and he's normally in a top hat and a cape attending these different events. But there's also a little girl. This little girl is often seen because she likes to dance in front of the mirrors in the ballroom. She likes to come in in the ballroom, we actually have a story from um, from a musician who was there and he was doing a practice because there was a wedding he was practicing for. And so he was in the ballroom alone, sitting down at the piano, playing the piano. When all of a sudden this, this little girl came in, started dancing around the room, and he got really distracted and he got a little bit upset. And he, he went out into the hall and um, he went and found uh, the person in charge of the building. They said, "Look, there's there's this little girl dancing in the ballroom. Can you can you get her out? You know, it's really distracting to me, and I can't quite get this piece that I'm working on right. Do you think you could keep her out of the ballroom?" And the person looked at him and said, "We're the only two people in the building. There's no little girl here." So she likes to play and have fun, and when people come and set things up for different events. She likes to rearrange stuff and move it all around. And that building definitely has quite a bit of history in it. We always like to go in there. It always makes it more fun to be able to go in and get your own evidence. On their website, it reads, Come experience Christmas as it's celebrated in the old world. Come learn of the lost traditions of Christmas, such as Zwarte Piet, Krampus, Perchta, and the legend of the real Saint Nick. Hear spooky ghost stories, visit haunted places, and experience Christmas as it is celebrated in the old world only on the grim Christmas tour. Some think it odd to have scary stories at Christmas. However, this is due to some of the traditional roots being lost in America. In England and many of the other old world countries, Tales of ghost stories are a large part of the Christmas tradition. To make this point, only think of the line in the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, where it says, There will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Grim ghost tours may not seem like the perfect Christmas family activity, but given this time of year, while they offer their Christmas tours, it offers a terrific balance of scares, fun, and informative history. After all, let us not forget, one of our most famous Christmas stories does revolve around three ghosts. In this final episode, our members are gathered around the campfire and sharing tales of scary encounters. Here's Hannah and her story. My name is Ireland Larson, and I'm a senior at Drake University this year in Des Moines, Iowa, and a friend of Hannah Knight's. I brought you on today because we have a shared experience with the paranormal. Um, it did take place at your house, and I was wondering if you could walk us through your experience of that night. Yeah, of course. So to begin, it started off like any other college hangout does. We grabbed some good ice cream and thought that we would watch a movie at home. I would say it was around 10 p.m. when we first started just watching TV. And because we couldn't find anything to watch that sounded interesting, we thought we would turn on a documentary about black-eyed children. And we've done a little research here and there about them before, but nothing as extensive. So we started watching this show and to give a brief overview uh, black-eyed children are 
children that will show up at your house um, and knock on your door with their heads down. And when you come to the door, they will say, can I come in? Can I call my mom? Or I need help. And usually they seem somewhat panicked, but they will never look up at you. And naturally, as a parental figure, they will often let these children into their homes. However, after doing so, these children have or as the myth has it, they will murder a member of the family or commit some sort of monstrosity within the home. And afterwards, they'll look up and their eyes will be completely black. And there are more details, of course, that go along with the myth of black-eyed children, but that's what we thought we would entertain ourselves with this fine Thursday night at my house. So we're in the basement, and my basement, just to give an overview, is unfinished with a cow TV and fireplace and the couch sits opposite of the TV with a window overhead and then near the TV on the side wall there's also a window so we're watching this TV show and we get kind of creeped out just a bad feeling and my parents are staying upstairs asleep in their room and I just had the urge to text my mom and I remember texting her and saying hey if any kids come to our door and ask for help just shut the door like it'll be absolutely fine they'll figure it out just close the door and after looking back at it it's kind of odd because I live at a dead-end road so to think that anyone would even come to our door when we never get trick-or-treaters I just figured was out of my own fear of the show but this was around 11 p.m. and my mom had responded and said what are you talking about and I was like I'll explain in the morning and she just goes okay Um, so we switch on to a different show um, after watching this one and then pretty soon we hear a huge bang on the window that's closest to the TV and at this point there are lights on in our basement but of course you can't see outside because it's so dark and after hearing that bang all of us jumped and the first response was for our minds to say oh someone went outside to scare us because as kids we would run out and bang on the window to scare each other but then as I look closer I see what I think is my mom come to the window and almost laugh about it and we all breathed a sigh of relief and then immediately this woman is banging on the window pleading for help and it's like she is screaming help me help me but there is no sound coming through the window which not until afterwards did we realize that that was kind of odd so I jump up off the couch to go open the window still believing that this woman outside is my mom I mean same shirt same hair glasses everything and my sister and my friends on the couch are saying, that's mom, that's your mom, you have to go open this window. And as I approach the window, I feel this intense anxiety within me where I have unlatched at this point, I'm standing face to face with the window, looking up at this woman who's pleading for my help. And this woman is pointing at the latches and I've unlatched the first one. And I look up at this woman and no part of my body will allow me to unlatch the second latch to the window. And I just physically something stopped me from doing it, even though I truly believe that my mom was in need of help right away. And so I take a step back and as my sister and friend are still yelling at me to open the window, thinking that this is my mom, I just couldn't help but know that something was wrong, just an intense feeling. So I took a step back and I said, wait, that's not mom. I just knew something was different. And in a brief second, we all realized 
why would our mother be outside at this time? And this woman sits back from the window and I run upstairs to go see if my mom is upstairs or not. And at this time, my upstairs is directly opposite of the window. So it's like you go up, you're in the entryway, and then you go up another set of stairs. And as I'm coming around the corner, before I even reach the top of my stairs, this very same woman is banging on my front door. And to the worst feeling... um, as I approach upstairs, my mother comes out of her room. And then I realize how weird this really all is. And I get my dad out of his room and he comes down and we're in South Dakota. So the natural response is to grab a weapon and come down to the front door. And he opens the front door and he cracks it in this woman comes right up to our front door like so close and is looking completely down and says and I'll never forget it she says I need to come in I need to call my mom and at that moment me my friends and my sister were all so scared because everything that we had just watched had just unfolded before us and None of us wanted to believe it, but the similarities between the situations, it was as if you couldn't ignore the signs that were being given to us. As well, we had just a terrible feeling about the situation. So my father opened up the door. She said these things, I need to come in. I need to call my mom. I need help. My sister calls 911 and my father goes, well, we'll call the police. We'll help you. And this woman looks down and goes, no, thank you. And slowly starts to walk away, which is, if you remember a complete uh, 360 from previously when she had been freaking out and really needing assistance. And as she starts to walk away, my dad goes, wait, we can help you. And she runs back up into the front door, trying to get inside of our house with her head still down. And we are all yelling at my dad, do not open the door. Like, let this woman figure her stuff out. Don't open this store, this younger woman. Because everything that we had seen has been picture perfect to what the black eyed children myth had said. And as we think that we have conjured something up, my dad just believes that there's a woman outside who needs help. So as we are arguing about this, my dad goes to shut the door for a brief second so that he can turn and tell us to stop yelling at him. And as he does that, when he opens the door back up, not only half a second later, this woman is gone completely gone. The police show up then later, about five or six of them, and they look everywhere. And I live down a gravel road at the dead end. So the fact that if there was a woman there who needed help, couldn't have stopped at the six houses before us or would even be anywhere near our home uh, was quite hard to wrap our our heads around. But also this woman that was at the window was wearing the same shirt that my mother had been wearing earlier that day. And for me, it wasn't too odd until my friends had said, well, the shirt she was wearing, it was a Harley Davidson one with a red circle. And as I look at my mom, I realized my mom had changed into pajamas and my friends had not seen my mom earlier that day. So they didn't know what she was wearing, but that same shirt was on my mother and this woman. 
So whether it was paranormal activity, which seems to be the closest solution that we could find, or whether someone was really in need of help and decided to turn down help when it came, we'll never know. Do you yourself believe in paranormal? I think I'm at a place where I almost don't want to believe in paranormal. And the reason for that is because through this experience, I think that I have learned in some sort of way that manifestation exists. Through watching this video, I believe that this is why this occurrence happened. So while I do believe in the paranormal activity, I try my best not to think too far into it because I've seen firsthand what happens when you are asking for something and then it comes. And then had you experienced anything paranormal in your house prior to that night? Yeah, so that's actually a very good question because previously in my house, we have experienced things here and there. And really, it's been every time we've asked for it, right? So we've played Ouija boards and things would fall down in my house or I would watch a scary movie. And then that very same night, my dad would record footsteps walking across the carpet in my room. And so there had been minor occurrences, um, blinds closing, things falling, things flying across the room. And while that sounds scary, when you put it all together, it's so easy for the human mind just to assume, oh, it was a coincidence or it was just nothing or it was the wind or the door. But this was a point in time where we had to sit there and we walked through every single possibility that we could wrap our heads around or that we could think of and nothing solved for this problem. Nothing could explain it other than the paranormal. And can you speak to the terror you felt as you're going through that experience? Yeah, you know, this was this was true terror like I've never felt before. And it's crazy because it's not like the kind of feeling that you would assume comes with just being scared. I know I briefly described as I was at the window, it almost comes from an innate human experience or response to something being completely out of the ordinary. I remember my body just feeling shut down before my brain could even comprehend what there was in front of me to be scared of. And I think that that's true terror. And I think that through feeling that, that's why now I try not to put myself in a place where I'll ever have to feel that again. And do you believe there's any way you could protect yourself from another occurrence like this? Yeah, I think that the only way to really protect yourself from things like this is to try not to open your mind to things like this. But at the same time, its place, its location, its feeling. So even if you have this urge to open your mind to this and you're not actively doing it, I think that urge itself will come off as an energy and perhaps give you away to these things. Well, it certainly makes for a good campfire story. Yes, indeed. I appreciate you sharing your traumatizing experience. Um, is there anything else you'd like to leave the podcast off with? I would say if you're interested in my story anymore, anymore, I would recommend watching a documentary about the Black Eyed Children, and perhaps you'll experience it yourself. Next around the campfire is M. I'm here with Anya Lamoureux, a student at the University of Utah who has spent many summers here exploring Utah's paranormal scenes. Anya's going to tell a story about the time she went and explored Ted Bundy's trailer. 
There wasn't really a big reason behind it. It was just kind of a group of friends and I just really wanted to explore. We were kind of bored that night, so we ended up going to his trailer. What was the new find his trailer? Like, was it eerie? Was it in the middle of nowhere? Like, what was the what was the driving situation like? It was... At first, when we were still in Salt Lake, it was just fun. We were just jamming out to music in the car. We were really excited. But the closer we got to his trailer, especially once we turned off the freeway, it was getting kind of eerie. Just the vibes were really different. And then we had to park our car kind of far away from his trailer. We had to go past the gate to get there. And then his trailer was just kind of in the middle of nowhere. So that's kind of when it got scary. So when you were at his trailer, did you feel any supernatural or paranormal activities going on i don't know if i felt anything but um not too long after we were in his trailer the bathroom door was shaking non-stop so i feel like there was something there in addition to the bathroom door just shaking non-stop there were it was just kind of freaky inside it just weird vibes the there were forks all over stuck in the ceiling and in the walls the trailer itself was very messy it looked very run down on the outside um, on the way walking to the trailer, there were some weird, like, animal bones. There was a dead animal. So that, like, just really set off eerie vibes. Ted Bundy's trailer sure sounds like a fright. Next around the circle, we have Riker and his story with Andrea Garcia. All right, so what's your experience with uh, McCune Mansion? Well, I worked there when my family owned it back in the 1980s. And we did re wedding receptions mostly and other parties like corporate events and things like that. But it was, it was mostly weddings. And the probably the scariest night I ever had there was for some reason the energy was just really high. So let me just preface a little bit. While we were there at night, after weddings were over. It, and it only happened at night when it was quiet. We would hear door slamming just out of the blue. We'd go up there, there's no one there. And there's no wind either to even explain how they slam shut. We would also have lights turning on and off, totally on their own, just out of the blue. And no explanation is given whatsoever. And I will say that there have been sightings by several of the guests of a little girl dressed in a really fancy party dress, but she didn't belong to either side of the family. No one really knew who she was. She kind of would just appear. And then if someone would say, oh, who was that girl? I'm gonna go find her and find out who she is and what family she's with or why she's here and she'd be gone. And there was one person who went upstairs. Most people stayed in the main area down below, but one person went upstairs and said that they literally saw that little girl jumping out of a mirror and into another one. And he said, ah, uh, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I know what I saw. So there were definitely things going on there, definitely. There was also a sighting of a man in like 18, 1800s clothes, like old fashioned clothes is kind of hard to explain, but like 1800s clothes. And he would just be um, like seen here and there kind of walking around. He was mostly, he was mostly seen, up, seen upstairs. Well, like I said, most guests stayed downstairs. So they saw the little girl. Um, some other really weird things that happened were 
there was a piano and we would move it here and there for different events. Let's say somebody was going to play the piano or somebody wasn't or they wanted it in a different way. We, we would slide the piano and it took a whole bunch of people to move it out of the way. And when we would come back the next morning, it was always back to its original position, which would have taken like three or four people at least to push it. It's super heavy. And it's like, wait a minute, nobody. And, and every time you would ask, did you put the piano back in its place? No, did you? No, did you? No, there are only so many people that would have even done it. So that's kind of freaky that the piano, I guess the ghosts that live there always wanted the piano in the same spot every day. Like, okay, that's where they want it. So it was there, but things started to get a little more intense. Um, the, the door slamming became more often and the lights flickering on and off happened more often. And then, so this is the one night that really, really got to me. We were, it was at the end of a wedding and we had to wash all the dishes because it was a kind of a fancy place. So we used real glasses and real dishes and real everything. And we had these big plastic bins and each cup had its own individual spot within that bin. So you would do kind of like a tray, but with little holes for each glass so that they wouldn't break. They wouldn't bang up against each other. That's how we would store them. That's how we would travel them back and forth if we needed to. It's usually just how we stored them so they wouldn't break. So we washed them. We had a whole bunch of them washed and already in the bins and the bins were stacked. And we heard this really loud noise from upstairs. It was just my brother and me. We were the only ones there. We heard this huge noise and we thought, well, I mean, we've heard door slam before. We had the lights flicker on, <laughs> someone moving the piano, but it was a noise that we hadn't heard before. We were really like, kind of scared and we, we knew we were the only ones there. I mean, everybody had left. We knew we were the only ones there just cleaning up and you know, very late at night. So we, we looked down the hallway, nobody was there. We kind of, we called out, is anybody there? We were probably out of the kitchen for, I don't know, 20 seconds, maybe, just kind of half looking, half scared, so we didn't really look too hard, but we kind of looked and kind of called and then we turned around back in the kitchen and the glasses were stacked on top of each other from the table all the way to the ceiling. I'm talking of like, a, I don't even know how it happened. I don't even know how you would do it. I do not know who did it. There was no one there. To stack the glasses that high, you would have had to have used a ladder. There is no way someone could have come in, taken probably 50 glasses out of their little spots in the trays and stack them on top of each other that high in 20 seconds. There is no way. Like, I know it wasn't a human. I know it wasn't. It was probably one of the scariest things that had ever happened. I was so scared because up until now, everything had kind of been out in the other areas, but nothing ever happened in the kitchen. And once things started happening inside the kitchen where we were, it just got scarier from there. And we told our parents, like, we don't want to do it anymore, but they're like, well, sorry, we own it and you're kind of our labor, so <laughs> you have to keep going. And after that, we were just on guard all the time. We were so scared and we would have kitchen cupboard doors opening and shut. And I was so, so, so glad when finally, 
they uh, decided to sell it because it wasn't making as much money and uh, we were able to um, like not have to work there anymore. And uh, why do you think that uh, McCune Mansion is haunted? Well, I mean, I know it's really old. I know that the it was built in the 1850s, I think, and it's been around for a really long time. I know they used to have big grand parties there. And so I think that when you have a big party and you have a lot of people, there's just a lot of energy. So I think that's why it only happens at night. And, it, and it's also only after a reception or an event. I've been there other nights cleaning or repairing things or just helping out. Um, and I've never had anything happen even at night if there wasn't a party or an event that night. So I started thinking that they either want to join in on the party or the energy from all the people in the party kind of, they feed off of it and, and come, I don't know. It's probably the scariest thing I have ever experienced. And I do not think that I would go there at night. I just don't think I ever want to go there again at night. It's not like anything ever hurt us, but it was scary. And now we come to our last story with my friend, Sierra Wakefield. This is about her recurring dream and the presence she felt in the dorm. What are some stories that you have, some spooky stories? So I had a ghost experience at the Asia campus. I was in my dorm at the time. And I started having these weird dreams about a boy in a little brown outfit. He looked like he was from the witch trials or something. I didn't really know what was going on. But he would just sort of stand in the middle of our room between me and my roommate. And in my dream, I'd always wake up and stare at him. And he would just stare back at me for like a good three minutes in my dream, not saying anything. And he had super bright green eyes, which I thought was weird. But while he was standing there, smoke would start coming in from the hallway and from our closet doors, both mine and my roommate. And then he would just say something like, go back to bed. And then those dreams stopped and new dreams started of women banging on the doors of the closets and the front door and the bathroom of our bedroom. And smoke coming in and after I woke up everything on the wall of my bedroom so that kind of freaked me out a little bit and then I told my roommate about it and we talked about it a little more and once we talked about it I felt like more stuff started happening like the closets from my my dreams started to open and my clothes would fall out, the bathroom slam, felt something in there. Thank you for joining us on this final episode of Ghosting You. I am your host, Nightmare Nina.